Okay, so I'm recording this at 6.15pm. I think this is probably the, the earliest I've recorded an episode. Um, Thursday failed my driving test for the third time. What an embarrassment. Um, gutted. And the worst part is these instructors are usually extremely harsh. And I think I had the harshest, the harshest one yet. Um, and he basically said, you're a really, really good driver. And I'm actually disappointed you didn't pass. And he was basically lecturing me about the one mistake I made. Um, and it's, it's the reason I failed my first test as well. It was so dumb. So dumb. It was the one thing to do to just fail your test. Last five minutes. Um, I had basically... Massive roundabout. Come off in the third exit. And I've gone all the way on the left-hand lane following this sat-nav. And I'm just not thinking. It's like I'm a, a robot. I can't use my brain and think. Third exit position in the middle and then you'll come off on the third exit very very disappointed but it is what it is i'm gonna try and book it again and we'll go we'll go for the fourth time ridiculous but nothing i can do now so this episode is picking up from leaving the icu and um I wrote a little plan for this. I wasn't sure how to approach the rest of the nine months in hospital. And I don't really want to make it a sub story. Um, At the end of it, it was nine months spent as an inpatient. I had maybe two or three days I spent at home during that that time. Uh, But they had to train my mum to change my pick line. As in just redo the wires and control the machine. Like a makeshift machine they gave me. Um, for certain medications and stuff like that. It was just a hassle and I think they did that towards the end to try and try and um, keep me sane. But yeah, predominantly nine months in the hospital after ICU. Um, I think less about me, more about what I was experiencing and, and other people I was seeing come into the hospital. I was very very private I kept to myself Um, I saw unfortunately a lot of people go through their journeys a lot of people come and go Um, it was rare to see people in there um, at one go for such a long duration unless it was towards the end unfortunately Um, so yeah I, I saw a lot I saw a lot of things during that time um one of the issues I had was as much as I'm going through something very difficult right now the way I was diagnosed with my cancer was you have a 97 98% chance of recovering from this and then not coming back and that was always the underlying statement in my mind it was always a reassurance that no matter how difficult things are Uh, despite that hiccup with the ICU and the fungal infection and this and that. um, Despite all of that, 
I'm going to be okay. Like the main issue can be resolved. Chemotherapy is a trial and error system. But fortunately for my type of cancer, it's so, so effective. So, so effective. And as much as they're developing all these treatments, which are amazing and just just target the bad cancerous cells rather than the good, I'm here for it, immunotherapy, all of that good stuff. Um, but when it came to my cancer, it was really uh, worth going through the chemotherapy, as much as I hate to admit that now. And at the time, I would not have liked to say that. Um, I was always assured that this is the right thing to do and I'm going to be okay. Um, I would see some people, you know, it, I don't want to say any names um, and it's there stories to to really go into but I would see some kids um, with cancers in one of their limbs specifically leg I saw two two people with um, two people two young young kids early teenagers um, one I don't even think was a teenager he might he might have been 12 at the time he was diagnosed and then I saw him a year into his treatment so maybe he was 13 very tough and it was <clears throat> it was you either lose the leg to to carry on living or you know um that was the option given and there was an alternative treatment which they've now brought over to uclh but at the time it was only available in oklahoma um i don't think it's radiotherapy it's it's a specific type of treatment that um yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but they flew the person out um, for that treatment, and fortunately they brought it here. But yeah, I, I don't want to speak about about that specific case, but I, I would see kids um, with those scenarios, where it's sacrifice a limb to carry on going on. I'd see other kids where it was just... Um, nothing to do with the limbs, but more a very small percentage um, of recovery and they were faced with that as young teenagers um, unfortunately it's a very very sad thing to feel to experience family members coming in due to a young teenager passing on uh, that's that's something I saw early and that's why I kept to myself um, it just it was too much for me to comprehend how do I build a relationship with someone I, I can't even relate to what he's going through and yet I feel so depressed I feel the way I do although I know there's such a high percentage that I can carry on living at the end of it and these kids are so strong and so positive and optimistic and at least they were showing that, you know, and, and I couldn't comprehend how strong these guys were. The utmost respect. Um, and occasionally, you know, it was, it was just a hi, how are you doing basis. But to be honest, maybe that is, that is one of my regrets. Um, not being, I, I felt selfish having my type of cancer and being in my position. And, uh, not understanding why these guys 
got their diagnosis and why I got mine. It was quite hard to uh, philosophically juggle that in my mind. And I got to a stage where I was reading a book. Um, I believe it was Thinking Grow Rich. And as I was thinking about all of these things, I opened the book in the chapter I was on, halfway through the book, um, when I'd like put it down for several months. But I picked it up and it was Mind Your Own Business. And that was the only way I could, I could understand the situation. You know, I in my mind, I I could take this diagnosis as an opportunity to face myself and improve and X, Y, Z, and it made sense for some weird reason why I was going through it. Um, and the more I think about someone else's situation and why did they do this and do that, it would just throw me completely off, completely off my life. Um, just yeah, it it. it ruined the structure I had I couldn't comprehend things and that's not to say it's very hard it still is very hard but I have to just focus be completely selfish with myself my situation how can I improve me um, how do I get out of this and how do I better myself and and be of value to those around me so complete selfishness and I think that's what materialized with me distancing myself. It was, it was just something I had to do. I had to look out for myself at the time. Um, yeah, I don't have all the answers to it. I don't think I ever will, but that helped me move past that obstacle at the time. Um, so back to, back to my story. After the ICU situation, there was about a month of slowly, slowly putting on weight, getting stronger, learning how to walk a little bit further each time, strengthening up my legs naturally by standing, moving. And then I was told they're gonna have to resume chemotherapy. And that was a bummer. I, I literally told them at the time, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You're saying it's not there. Cancer's cleared up, but once you start a cycle you have to finish it and that, that's what happened um, I got back into the hospital school barely I was to be honest with you doing maybe half an hour to an hour a day um, attached to IV drips and machines and all sorts but you know amazing facilities in UCLH they had a separate room where kids could go study a tutor would come in um, Rachel I still remember her amazing amazing woman um and that was some sort of structure to my day at least i'd wake up try and stomach a breakfast try and go to the hospital school and then it was a bit of physio and then treatments all day but then mix in temperature spikes and all sorts but yeah as you can imagine nine months in the hospital i was extremely depressed extremely depressed and i never took any antidepressants although they recommended it. Um, I wanted to feel everything as, as, uh, as wrong as that sounds, I wanted to experience it all like raw. I didn't want to numb myself out to anything because I saw it as someday I'm going to get over this and I can think back 
to my previous version and be proud of that person getting through it and use all that pain and all those feelings of everything I was going through to create that sixth gear, which I very much believe, um, believe I've, I've been able to utilize that. You know, when I don't want to do things, there's an extra gear I can go into um, to put myself through it, to, to remain disciplined, try and remain disciplined. At least I hope I've developed an extra step to, to stick to that path. Um, there was one, one time in particular, this was eight months in, um, I was, I tested, I don't know how to say, I don't want to say tested positive. Um, I basically had a virus. I had a virus, they picked up on it and they had to quarantine me. Now, eight months in, I was in a very difficult place. Eight months on this cancer ward, I had gained some strength. That's one way of putting it. But I'd also become quite fiery. You know, I didn't want to be there anymore. I was used to doing the treatments and going through the steps and I was I was itching to get out. Um, and then this happened and I had another round of intense chemo. I think it was my last intense round of chemotherapy. So during Christmas, it's cold. The entire cancer ward was uh, was full. So they had to put me on the opposite side. There's T12 North and there's T12 South. I presume that's what they called it, which was a mental health ward. And at the time I was very, very paranoid. I thought everyone's sort of out to get me. They can kind of tell that I'm extremely depressed. So maybe they're, they've put me in this quarantine room to keep an eye on me and make sure I don't do anything. Because at that point, I'll be honest, I was the closest to ever taking action you know of committing suicide honestly speaking I, I, I couldn't do it just because I knew how fortunate I was to be able to go through this chemo and know I can I can um, be healthy after it be in remission and, and move on with my life and I saw so many people who had passed away really experienced it kids passing away in front of me seeing their families and I, I that was just not not an option um, but at that time I, I felt very paranoid I felt as though they'd put me in that room maybe I did test positive for this virus but maybe there's also an element of we need to be safe here and make sure he doesn't do anything like that um, so there was no when I was in this room I could tell because there was no um shower curtain no towel no wires loose no curtains it was all very much safe and um i don't know how to say it, like childproof friendly almost there's nothing you can use to do yourself harm it's a mental health ward and i did believe it was very busy on our ward but i also wasn't too sure and I was back on the steroids, which really, really play on your, on your hormones, on your mind, on, on everything. And, and my escape at the time was going to sleep. When I went to sleep, I'd have nightmares of, of um, really bad memories, really bad experiences I'd previously, previously gone through. 
and I, it was as though I was reliving that and I wake up from that nightmare and I'd be in another one uh, stuck in this room for two weeks so that was just before Christmas I remember Christmas Day some friends came to see me I basically woke up from an evening uh, nap and I was just surrounded with all these all these guys my Persian community my, my Iranian childhood friends uh, they were all around me um, and it's not what I wanted it was literally my rock rock bottom emotionally rather than physically and they were just all looking at me and I just had to put on a a face and just get through an hour or two of that until they left um, I think even towards the end I, I just tried to pretend I was going for another nap just so everyone would leave fuck knows how I got through that but I tried not to break down man that was really really tough um, and then on New Year's Eve they wouldn't let me leave the room to go see the fireworks with everyone um, so I watched the fireworks in this room with my mum which was a bit of a blessing in disguise because you'd see the entire an entire view of London skyline all the fireworks going off at once which was beautiful really really beautiful um, and that was the beginning of the end of that hospital experience Nine, on the ninth month I was let out basically because I I ran away they had taken my cards beforehand I think they they expected it um, so they took all my cards out of my wallet without me knowing or at least my debit and my Oyster card <laughs> and my keys. Uh, so I just, yeah, I escaped, went for a little walk around, came back. They had set me up with one of the doctors I respected a lot. We had a bit of a negotiation, stay for X amount of days or whatever. I may have had another temperature situation. And then by the end of it, um, they just let me go. I think they realized this guy's now 17 he's able to walk around and has energy and he's getting a bit fiery and, and going back to the version I was before this diagnosis and just no self-esteem saying yes to everything spread very very thin and not having the the foundations that uh, that confidence that backbone to put myself first in a weird 360 way uh, they let me out because I I like to think I developed a backbone and I just took control that was my my first decision you know I've I've been in the hospital for nine months I haven't had a seizure once from these temperatures I'm doing my treatment now I've passed all the intense cycles so um, it's just the maintenance every night which are just a few pills bloods every week and once a month, I'll come into the hospital for a vincristine, uh, which is a minor chemotherapy, but they put a catheter in and do all of that stuff uh, for like an hour or two once a month. So that was that was me leaving the hospital um, thinking this is the start of better things to come. And it was, but more challenges uh, and difficulties ahead especially when you're out of society and out of normal life for nine months and then dropped back into it it was it's a lot and I'm 
I'm going to touch on that in, in the episodes to come.